What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Keep Moving Forward podcast. Today, for the first time, we have a guest and a special one at that. Maureen Shea, she is a female boxer, motivational speaker, and current champion. I'm actually, well, I'm the former uh, WBC featherweight, uh, interim featherweight world champion and the IFBA, former IFBA uh, super bantamweight world champion. Yeah, my, my, I have to update. It's oh, okay, over. awesome. <laughs> okay, awesome. that's what I was trying to really do my research with... Um, wikipedia and stuff one thing said you're 26 and 2 another said 27 and 2 is yeah that correct? 20, 27 and 2 now yeah i just had a fight in april oh awesome do you have any upcoming fights uh yeah we we're actually scheduled for the end of july but we just got word they moved it to the beginning of august in los angeles oh okay so yeah yep. awesome so where did the uh, nickname million dollar baby come from well, uh, that started uh, back in in uh, 2004. I was training out of Gleason's gym in Brooklyn. And uh, Hillary Swank came in to work with my then trainer, Hector Roca. And during that time, yeah, I was there training for the Golden Gloves. I was an amateur. And I, I remember meeting Hillary and, and Bruce Silverglade, who's, who uh, runs the Gleason's gym and owns it, uh, in the office. And he said, you know, we have celebrities. We used to have celebrities, and they still do. Gleason's is a very well-known gym. Uh, where a lot of top fighters come out of. Paulie Malignaggi came out of there. Zab Judah came out of there. I mean, Joan Guzman. Oh, right. So many uh, so many world champions have trained there and, and come out of there. And, and a lot of females as well. Alicia Ashley, who was actually a stablemate of mine, who was uh, one of the oldest uh, world champions, not just female, but also overall. So it's 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 a really, really uh, well-known gym in Brooklyn. So um, she was in the – but a lot of celebrities come in and they train. And, uh, you know, when you come into boxing – we don't really, we're like, okay, so you're coming into box, like, who are you? And we, we respect everybody, but you have to earn your respect in that gym, whoever you are coming in, even a celebrity. So when I met her in the office, I was like, oh, hi, Hillary. You know, like, I, I knew who she was just because I had seen uh, the Karate Kid, and I knew her from 90210, and I know she had done, um, she had won an Oscar for Boys Don't Cry, which is funny because a lot of people didn't even know about that movie, and people didn't know that she had won an Oscar for it, that she had even won an Oscar. So, um, so I just, you know, introduced myself and Bruce said, you know, you're probably going to be working with Maureen. And I, at that point I was like, oh, she's doing a boxing movie, obviously. So long story short, uh, Hector partnered me with her to be her primary sparring partner, because I, I think from what I understand, uh, Hector had me partner with her because I control myself. I can control myself in there. I'm a very technical fighter. And if she hit me, I wasn't going to retaliate on her. So I knew how to control, you know, my experience and everything, but still work with her. And also, I'm very vocal and I'm very open, so he probably figured I'd share my story with her, which I did. So she ended up kind of studying me for the character, along with other women that were there. I'm sure there was other women that she spoke to, but we spent a lot of time, a pretty significant amount of time together. We developed a, a friendship. And so she was training for a million-dollar baby, and the rest is history. I mean, she went on to win an Academy Award, along with Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman, and, and the, uh, the uh, movie did, and it was you know Golden Globes, everything. It was just a, a great movie. And I'm just honored wow, and proud to be a part of it. That's awesome. So how was she boxing in real life? Was she pretty decent? Yeah. I mean, she's an athlete. She's athletic. She's uh, very self-aware of her body. And, you know, she was really committed to the role, which is she was committed to the role in Boys Don't Cry. You know, I mean, you have to give it. To, I, I give it to an artist. I can't even call them actors. I call them artists because it's not easy. A lot of people think it's easy. But what I saw her transform into and how I saw, you know, I was actually in her E! True Hollywood story uh, that they did. And I watched it. And I mean, just boys don't cry. Like she literally, you know, had to go out into the world as, as a boy, you know, she dressed up like a boy to just get used to it, you know, because that was what oh, it wow. was, you know, it was about, um, you know, uh, 
I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was about a girl who was, you know, who drew, I was, you know, like a boy, you know, and it was a very, it's a very, it was a very, very uh, deep, deep movie. And for her to play that role is you have to be super talented, you know? So I knew she was going to pull off the boxing really well because she's just such a committed person. Yeah, that's awesome. So another thing I read that you were a coach on the TV show Made, is that correct? Yep. Yeah, that was in 2008. Nope. Yep, I did. Uh, yeah, I was approached by MTV to do this show, and they brought me into their studios in Manhattan, and they played a video of a young girl who had sent a video in of herself. You know, I guess that's how they did it. And uh, she wanted to be made into a boxer. And I was like, okay. And I said, well, let's see. You know, my manager was with me, Luigi Elchese, and he said, well, let's see what she's about. Because, you know, it's, it's, it would take a chunk of time out of my, my career, you know, or out of my, out of my training. So I, I watched the video and I really resonated with her a lot. Um, she reminded me a lot of me. She had great, she had, she was just very, very upbeat, very like talkative, very open. And she seemed really eager and I liked her energy and I said, okay, but boxing's a different animal. So I said, all right, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> you know, I said, I'm up for the challenge. And um, yeah, we, we, I, I was out in Jackson, Tennessee for six weeks and I trained her to fight in an amateur fight. Now, mind you, this girl was a ballerina and it wasn't like she was competitive going to like Juilliard. She was like taking ballet classes. That's it. So she was a high school senior taking ballet classes that wanted to be made into a boxer. I really respected her. Why? It was because she wanted to know what it would be like to have to lean on her or herself because she's very popular and she was friends with everybody. And she's, you know, Miss Social Butterfly, always on the phone. And she was going off to college and she really was, you know, she's going to be away from home. She comes from. You know, her family's very close, her mom and her dad, and her, she had a brother and a sister, younger brother, older, a younger, older brother, younger sister. And she was, you know, it was, she was nervous. So, I mean, she was very gutsy to say, let's try boxing. And she did yeah. it. And it was a great experience for me because I learned a lot about what my coaches go through. Because, this, and I'm not embarrassed to admit this, but the night before her fight, I was like sick to my stomach. I was like throwing up. And I was like, am I coming down with something? And I remember speaking to Hector at the time, who was my coach. And I called him and I'm like, I'm so like, I feel sick. He goes, he started laughing. He goes, you can't be a coach. I said, why? He goes, because you're nervous. And I was like, <laughs> I was so nervous because, you know, you really have somebody's life in your hands. And it's such a lack of control. You know, as a fighter, you're in there and you're in control. Whereas when you're the coach, you know, you really can only do what you can. And from the ring, you got to give this person just advice and you form a bond in the bond of boxer trainer. I can't describe that to anybody because it's, it's literally like a marriage, whether it's a man, woman, 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 you know what I mean? It's like that kind I just can only relate it to a marriage where you guys have to be so in sync. You guys got to be on the same page. You guys got to, you got to get over your differences. You, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real relationship, wow. you know, and it's a very intimate relationship because they see you at your most vulnerable and you literally have to trust every word they say. And they have to trust you too. So it takes time to develop that. And I had six weeks, but you know, I was really open with her and transparent from the beginning. And I said, listen, like this isn't going to be easy, but I'm here for you. And I'm going to give you a hundred percent, 110% of me. I need the same in return. And she was like, okay. And she, 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 she saw that I cared about her because I had to say what's well, important to me in a coach. I need to feel like I'm cared for, you know, I need to feel like they know I'm a human. And I wanted her to know that I, I, even though she didn't even know what she needed, I knew what she needed because I'm also a fighter. 
So I just gave that to her. And, um, you know, we, we pulled off the victory. I got her to lose 10 pounds. I mean, this kid was eating. I can't even tell you what she was eating before I met her. I'm like, I mean, just think about the South. I'm just like the Bible belt. And it was like, everything was made with Crisco. And I was like, oh, my. I was, and the thing was crazy. I was a vegan at the time. And I was vegan just because I had had, I had had a gallbladder surgery when I was younger and I had emergency gallbladder surgery. And the last thing I ate was, was a uh, gnocchi's potato pasta with, with meat sauce. And after that, I mean, if anybody's ever had their gallbladder taken out, it's, it's emergency surgery. It's terrible. So I was like, I'm never going near meat. I was just so like, I was traumatized. So imagine being a vegan in the South. It was like, <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you, I was, and you know, it's funny. I just was faced with all these challenges, but it was amazing. And I, again, I got just like million dollar baby. I got something out of that. It was a gift that I got. It wasn't about just about her. It was about us, you know, and it was great. And we still talk yeah, to this day. We still talk. That- yeah, that's going to be my question. If you've kept yep. in contact, that's awesome. oh, absolutely. When she when she graduated high school, her mom let her come out to New York, and I took her out. Me and my mom took her out. We took her shopping, and we took her to the gym, and she got to see New York. And then when she graduated college, she came out to visit me in California. I took her to Universal Studios. We went down to Hollywood. We did the the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, and I still talk to her to this day. Like, let me tell you that that girl. I get the chills when I talk about it because she will be forever in my life, forever. Oh, and that's I feel. Awesome. And, Cause it's a bond, you know what I mean? Like, and this is two yeah. females. Like we walked into this gym. First of all, she's an African-American female. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm half Latina, but I'm, you know, I'm a white female. We walked into a, a male dominated boxing gym in the South. So people <laughs> were looking at us like, what are these two doing here? Like we were like, you know, complete oddballs. But I said to her, I said, listen, they may not respect us now and it's okay. We just got to do our work because we will earn their respect. And that's really how I've really gone about my entire career. I can't demand respect, but I can definitely earn it because people can't, you know, they can say whatever they want about me, but the proof is in the pudding. And if you look at my electronic footprint, you see what I've done and you can't not respect that, but I earned it. Wow. That's awesome. That's really cool. Especially that you guys keep in contact. That's, that's really insane. That's so crazy though. Um, it is. <laughs> so, you know, you, you kind of brought up about, struggling with um you know kind of learning the trainer aspect so mm-hmm. one of the videos i was watching was talked about kind of struggles that you had gone through in life with um for example domestic violence with a former partner um the video i was watching talked about how boxing saved mm-hmm. your life can you talk about that with your experience with that yeah i um i was uh, i struggled a lot as a youth with emotional i had emotional stuff i was very you know i i grew up my brother was 10 years older than me i grew up in the bronx being half mexican half irish I grew up half in Mexico, half here. I have more family in Mexico than I have in the U.S. And I spoke, I spoke fluent Spanish, but I was white. It was really difficult for me to kind of like be, feel like where I belonged. And growing up in the Bronx, there weren't very many Mexicans. I actually had no Mexican friends growing up. They were all Puerto Rican, Dominican from other Latin American countries. And I really didn't understand a lot of things. I had a lot of confusion. And um, my brother was 10 years older than me. And we we're very different. So I never felt like him and I really connected. So I always felt like the oddball. And my dad is old Irish Catholic. He was an NYPD detective, uh, super tough. He was a former Marine. So his way was like my way or no way. And I was like, I do what I want. So you can imagine how that relationship kind of kind of was. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I struggled a lot with a lot of anger and emotional issues. I didn't have a voice. I didn't know how to, how to speak out. I, like, I said things. I was very impulsive. So growing up was rough. And then I ended up going, I was in high school and I got kicked out of high school my junior year. 
Um, I started to, to kind of like, I figured, well, if I'm bad, I'm going to do bad things. So I started hanging out in the street and just doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And um, I actually, that's where I met my abuser. And we had met hanging out, you know, in the Bronx, you got to understand. It's like, that's what we do. Everybody hung out in the street. You know what I mean? Like we, until we got chased by the cops, you know? So we used to hang out <laughs> yeah. in the corner at this bodega and that's where I met him. And, um, you know, to be honest, he was my best friend. You know, I, I, I he was my best friend for a year. He actually chased, like, he, he courted me. He was, like, asking me out for, like, a year. He wrote me a letter. He brought me flowers. He'd come pick me up from school. He was six years older than me. But he would, I mean, he was, he worked for it, you know? So I finally was like, okay, okay, I'll be your girlfriend. But I knew he had a bad reputation in the neighborhood. He was a very good-looking guy. He had a great body. And everybody, and I'm just like, you know, I always looked at the person. For me, it wasn't immediate attraction because they're popular or they're, they got good bodies. It was mostly, like, who are they, you know? And so I really liked that he obviously courted me. And um, so I, I finally, you know, I said, yes, I ended up in a relationship, best friends for the first year. We did everything together, family vacations, went to Yankee games. I supported him with softball. You know, uh, we went, we actually were taking college classes together because he was trying to become a firefighter. Everything was great until he started to, um, you know, verbally abuse me. And it started with, you know, just the, the putting me down, you know, making fun of me and calling me names and it went from there and then it went to physical abuse where he um you know he tried to strangle me to death and then he punched me in the face and I stayed and and um I stayed because my self-esteem was shot and I, I let it I gave him my self-esteem uh, I I just gave it away and um you know I tell people when I speak that when you give something away you can get it back when somebody takes something from you it's a lot harder to get it back so I took ownership and said I gave it to him so I can get it back and it was really, it was really tough, but I actually went to the gym to better myself for him because I thought I was fat and hateful. You know, he never said I was fat and ugly, but he made me feel like I was fat and ugly. And so <laughs> I would, I thought maybe if I looked better and I looked like these girls, like with the fit bodies I'd, and I was skinnier. And that's actually when I lost my gallbladder because I became anorexic and I was taking diet pills and I had emergency surgery because I wasn't eating. I went oh, down wow. to about a hundred, I went down to 110 pounds. I was about 10% body fat. And, um, yeah, I had emergency surgery. And so I went to the boxing gym. I mean, I went to the gym to better myself for him. And then in the back, there was a boxing ring. And I always say, by the grace of God, I walked to the back of that gym and I, I, I fell in love. And um, it really took my mind away from him. And it also helped me to focus. And it also helped me to get my anger out and not start, you know, doing I – was, I was, you know, self-medicating and self-inflicting and – Boxing helped me get it out and do it on the bag. Did your family know about you boxing and did they approve of it, especially your dad? Okay, so when I, my dad, well, I hid a lot from my family, obviously, with the abusive relationship. And then when I, um, I finally told my family that I was doing it, after six months of doing it, I told them. And my father said, in this house, you have to work and go to school. You can't do all three. So I said, you know, watch me. I'm going to do it. So I ended up... Um, uh, I didn't, I, I, I was, after getting kicked out of high school, I ended up uh, going to Lehman high school where I graduated from public school. And I was just, I actually did really well, but my issue was that I, I, I struggled with ADHD and I struggled, like I said, a lot with my emotional stuff gr growing up. And, you know, I was diagnosed bipolar when I was 14. Um, I was put on lithium Depakote and then uh, through my journaling as a writer, I f figured out that I was, um, I had seasonal affective disorder. So it was depression and ADHD and my depression was because, you know, the serotonin levels in my brain would drop during the winter months living in New York. So I did light therapy. I did all these different things. But, um, you know, it was, it was a big struggle, all of it. And like I said, I, I sometimes I, when I tell these stories, I'm like, I sound like a Lifetime movie 
or like an after school <laughs> special. You know, because it's like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I, it's almost embarrassing sometimes when I say this. It's like, you went through a lot. And I'm not, but I'm not a victim. You know, it's a fact. I did, but I'm, but I'm great. I'm okay. You know, so anyway, yeah. when my parents found out, that was what happened. And after, after I graduated um, from Lehman, I uh, decided that I wanted to work. So I worked full time. And, um, and then I ended up going to college. I ended up in uh, Mercy College. And um, I would literally get up in the morning. I would, you know, I pack my food the night before. I would get up in the morning and I would get, go for my run or whatever. And then I'd go to work, go to school, go back to work. I was interning at Hitachi, which is the Hitachi is, um, I don't know if people know the TVs. I actually interned in the East Coast headquarters. I was a sales assistant for the power industrial division. And I actually wanted to go to school for engineering when I was working there. And, you know, I was always, I was very smart, but I always would get bored in school. So, and if I was bored, I didn't apply myself. But it was it was a great experience for me, um, uh, you know, working there. But I would that and then go to school. But it was it was so good is that it helped me focus, you know. But I wanted boxing so much that I it kept me off the street and it kept me out of doing getting into some pretty bad situations that I probably would have gotten myself into. So it kept me occupied since with my ADHD I needed to stay busy. And um, I sit back now and I'm like, I mean, I have a, a lot of energy as you can tell, and I'm a lot older now, but I still have that energy. It's definitely more focused. But back then, I'm like, man, I was like just an energizer bunny. And I did. So again, going back to that earning the respect, I forced my father to respect me and what I did. But it took a long time. You know, it took like even like right now, I literally had a conversation with my dad today. And it's funny because I do video blogs of myself just for me, for my own personal therapy. And then if I feel like there's one that I need to send to my therapist, I do. Um, But I try to do a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-talk. And so I did one today. I was on the phone with my mom and my dad and I was talking to my mom about, you know, things that I had going on and I was telling her some stuff. And then I heard my dad in the background saying, Hey, tell her that she talks about herself too much. She can't be sitting there talking about herself because people are going to, and my mother puts him on the phone. He, I said, what's up, dad? He's like, you know, sometimes, you know, you talk about yourself and I'm like, well, dad, listen, I said, I understand where you're coming from, but as a female boxer, people never meet female boxers. Nobody's out there promoting us. Nobody, we're not, we're barely on TV. We're not the UFC. I'm like, if I don't educate the public on what I do and who I am, who's going to do it? So last question I just wanted to ask you is on your Instagram page, you have Jeremiah 2911. Um, So how has that helped you through your life with things that, that you have gone through? Do you think that it was all part of God's plan for the things that you went through to essentially get you into boxing and get you into speaking to public? Do you think it was all part of a plan? 100%. You know, my faith, I'm alive because of my faith in God. And I, I was waiting for you to ask me this question because, you know, in everything that I just said, my faith was always number one. And I have to say from the beginning, you know, when, when my ex was strangling me to death, I said, God, if it's my time, take me. And he didn't. And I got to say, that was the pivotal moment in my life that whether I knew it or not every day, why I didn't give up. You know, when I was going through my depression, I was suicidal. And I just, it was like, I just prayed. I prayed. I never, I was never mad at God. I never, I, was, I never got mad at him. I was raised, uh, I was raised Catholic. Um, I'm a Christian and, you know, I've, I've developed such a, I understood the difference now. I never really had a relationship with the Lord. And I think. I never really understood. I always trusted him because I was born into it. You know, I was like, oh, well, 
you know, for example, my, my parents, when I was born, my mother prayed for me. That's why I'm 10 years younger than my brother. She said, I knew, I knew that you were going to, you know, that I was going to have a little girl. And I knew I was going to name her Maureen because God placed that desire in my heart. And when he delivers, he delivers all the way. And when I was born, they took me from the hospital to church, both my parents and gave me back to God. And I believe that that's the reason that I am here today because I was, God has a purpose for me. And I mean, I believe he has a purpose for everybody. But for me in particular that I know, I mean, I'm, he's performed miracles in my life. He's brought me to places that I have no business being. I have tried to get out of boxing so many times that he keeps bringing me back and I'm still capable and able and because he has a plan. And, you know, I, I, I've strengthened my, my relationship with the Lord and really truly understanding Jesus Christ and, and, and what his, what he did for us and what he's done through, you know, through reading scripture. And uh, I, I, I mean, I could sit here and talk to you about this for like days because the, the, the miracles and the gifts that the Lord has given me and, and brought to, to, to my table have been just remarkable. And I've shared his, you know, I, I believe that that's what his, that's what he wants for us to go into the world and preach the gospel. I'm not here to tell people to be Christians. I'm not here to tell people that they have to be like this or they're going to go to hell. It's not my job. You know, I'm just, I just want to share the Bible. I want to share the word of the Lord. I want, I want people to know how I feel like, you know, how badass Jesus is. Like I literally was having yeah. this conversation with, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine, with actually my teammate, he's 18 years old, trapped Dominique Francis, very good professional. He's going to, he's got, he's two and oh right now. And we were talking and we're talking about stuff. And I said, Hey, and he, they were asking like, Oh, did you read this? Have you seen this movie? And I said, Hey, anybody read the Bible? And then he's like, you're right. He's like, you read the Bible. I said, yep. He goes, how many times? I'm like, I mean, that I know that I knew what I was reading. I'm like, you never really know. I'm like, I don't, you won't read the Bible cover to cover. I'm like, but I've read the Bible. I said, there's still, I'm still reading it every day. You know, I'm still reading it. And he was like, I was like, man, I said, do you know how badass Jesus is? I said, do you have any idea with that man, what he did and who he is and what he's done? And, and he was like, yeah, that's true. So I started talking to him about just about the, you know, the crucifixion, when he was crucified and I said, and what he went through and sharing the stories and you know he i said he was so humble he was just preaching on street corners in some birkenstocks you know what i mean he didn't need no fancy building he was just (laughs) like listen let's talk people i said and then he chose the he chose the sinners he chose the the bottom of the barrel he said i'm going to turn them you know and the disciples and you know and then look at who i mean he can and i just said he's just amazing and and uh, you know it was just it was so awesome and we just started talking about it and i love that i can share that because i you know, I've, I've, I've developed this, I'm developing always every day, this stronger relationship with the Lord. And, you know, so recently I have to tell you this, that I was, I was in California and I was, um, I was going through some stuff and I was in boxing and I was hitting a crossroads and I didn't know what the Lord wanted for me. And I said, Lord, what are we doing? And he said, you know, we're going to be still Maureen. And that's really hard for me to do. And I'm like, no, I got, I got to move God. I got, I got to make a decision. He goes, no, you don't, you need to be still. You need to let me work. And I said, okay. He goes, you'll know. So I was, you know, I was still and I was working and I didn't have a coach. I was training myself, but I was still in the gym. And my best friend, who's also my diet coach, Melissa, she is, a, she's amazing. And she doesn't really like train with people. She trains herself. She's done everything by herself. So she started going to this gym. This, this trainer came into her job and he said, you know, I'm a coach. I'm a trainer. I do this, do that. And he offered her a free session. And she's like, all right, it's free. I'll check it out. But I'm, you know, I'm my own coach. But she's open. So she went and she worked with him. And she came back to me and she was like, I said, oh, did you work with Jonathan today? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, how was it? And she's like, oh, it was really good. And, and, and then she kept going back. And then she called me one day. She's like, 
hey, he invited me to Bible study. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if he's like, he does Bible study in the gym or what, but <laughs> he does Bible study. She's like, you should come. And I'm like, she's like, you should come to the gym. And I'm like, I just had this, like, I just had a falling out with my former trainer. And I was like, you know, I just don't really want to be around coaches right now. But I was like, man, Melissa said it. I'm like, all right, I'll go. So I went and I had already, I mean, I was rebaptized and I have a pastor, Pastor Jim Duran, and I was going to church, but I was just in this crossroads in, in my career. And so I said, all right, let me go to the gym. So I went to the gym, I met him and he told me, you know, what he was and, you know, I couldn't really afford him for training. And so I was like, you know, cause I wasn't fighting at the time and I really didn't know where I was going to go, but he was like, don't worry about it. Just come in. And I said, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. So I said, all right. So then he, what we would do is we would train for two hours and then for two, and then afterwards we'd have Bible study oh. and I, I would come four days a week. I would train for two hours, four days a week. And then the second two hours we would have Bible study. And then on Sundays, I would go to the gym and we would have service. And it was the most remarkable, amazing experience of my entire life working with. And I did it for three months and I was committed. I learned so much about the Bible that I didn't know before. I was reading the King James Version, which is like one of the hardest versions. And I, but I love Jonathan Williams, Pastor Jonathan Williams. He was just so keeping it real, you know, and he spoke right to me and the Lord was preparing me for that. And then the Lord brought me to Florida to train out here. He took me from California, brought me to Florida. He goes, okay, I've, I've, I've primed you. I've gotten you ready. Now you're going to go out and you're going you're gonna to be my warrior. And I keep sharpening my tools every day. And I, I'm always, wherever I can, seeking the Lord and speaking to people about the Lord. And, you know, it's like, and it's funny because when I tell people that I'm a Christian, they just like, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, because I curse sometimes and because, you know, I listen to some music and you think that, that I'm not a Christian because of that? Like, do you have any idea what in my heart? And he, yeah. they just like, look at me. I'm like, Je I'm like, Jesus Christ is in my heart. And I said, you know, what, what can we talk about? How can I pray for you? You know, or can you pray for me? And, you know, and then people are just like, and it's, it's funny. It's just, it's just an amazing thing to be, to have that connection with the Lord like that. And I just, I want it for everybody because I believe in the ultimate good of humans. We were created in the Lord's image. He does not want us to be, bad people but we you know the enemy is always out there Absolutely. you know he's always trying to attack and listen he attacked me today he attacks us through our emotions and he attacked me today but i said not today satan yeah. and sometimes he gets me yeah. sometimes he gets me and sometimes you know sometimes i fall you know i'm not perfect but i say jen thank god for jesus christ Absolutely. because we'd be screwed if it wasn't for him <laughs> you know like <laughs> i i know i'm gonna sin i'm born into sin i'm not expected to be perfect but I just need to keep moving and keep stepping and keep trying and, you know, I just believe in the ultimate good and I, I don't carry hate in my heart. You know, I, 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 there are people that I, I see keep my distance from to protect myself and to keep myself safe. But I always pray for those people because it's sad. I look at people now. I'm like, wow, that's that's sad. They need prayer. And if I can't pray with them, I pray for them on my own. Yeah, but that's, that's I think that's what the Lord wants for us. And especially in boxing, let me tell you, <laughs> I got a lot of people I got to pray for. Cause I'm telling you, I got, I mean, being a female in boxing, the Lord definitely put me in this place for a reason. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> man, it could turn me to an ugly person real fast, real fast because it's, but that's where he wants me. And that's where he wants me to be and continue to be until, you know, he decides to move me. Yeah. That's so awesome. You have such an awesome story and an inspiration just to hear all of your story. So thank you. How can people follow you? 
Um, I'm on Instagram, Maureen underscore Shay, and I, I share a lot of my stuff. You know, I'm on Facebook. I'm very accessible. Um, you know, I just, I'm, you know, I just believe that, you know, God, like I said, he's using me. So I'm on my social media. I share stuff. Anybody that reaches out that wants to talk, that's why I'm so vocal about my story. And I'm so raw and transparent and honest, you know, and I'm very honest about my struggle. I still struggle. You know, I'm not perfect. There's days where I need to turn off and I need to just pray. And I need to be reminded too. I need fellow Christians in my life that remind me like, okay, Maureen, the Lord has a plan for you. You know, I mean, I'm looking at right now, um, fight the good fight of the faith. You know, I have that in front of me. It's on a canvas. A friend of mine made me housewarming gifts. You know, the Lord will fight for you. Um, you need, you only need to be still, you know, Exodus, uh, you know, 14, 14, like that was, they're right in front of me. So all over my house, I got the serenity prayer when you walk up the stairs, um, the word blessed on my, I'm always my, even my cutting board says, you know, I have a plan for you, says the Lord. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, it's all over. I need it. I want it in all over me and in, in my face all the time because we need that, you know? And um, if it's not in my house, I'm going to get it outside and, you know, and then I have strong, strong people around me. So I, I love sharing and, and helping and giving when I can and where I can. So yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just uh, look me up.